Welcome to another weekly edition of the State Champs Indiana Hangtime Podcast. It is presented by Lawrence Technological University. If you have the dream of playing college sports, LTU offers two dozen varsity sports, including men's and women's basketball. Lawrence Tech wants you to recruit yourself. More on that later in the program. My name is Greg Rakestraw, joined as always by Bob Stambazzi. Hello, my friend. How are you? Just peachy, baby. I mean, what a great week of high school sports again. It just doesn't get any better. We're obviously all just so thankful and excited that most schools, not all, mm-hmm. are getting the opportunity to continue to play. Obviously, we're getting into crunch time as far as girls basketball is concerned. But the focus of, of, of this show is on the boys' side of things. And there is obviously no better place to start than when 4A number one and 4A number two get together and Homestead does it again. They beat a second highly ranked Indianapolis area opponent. The first one was against Cathedral in double overtime back at the Sneakers for Santa shootout on December the 5th. This time a game that was on the ISC Sports Network game that went to overtime. Homestead wins at Lawrence North. The Homestead Spartans, the new number one team in 4A when the polls came out on Tuesday. Bob, you thoughts? your thoughts about that massive win? Well, once again, uh, you, you sit here and look at Homestead with their two big uh, Division One players, Lawyer and Good, and uh, what they did and what they're doing. Uh, it's a very tough matchup. But then you throw Simmons in the mix. Now you got three guys that are hitting double digits on you. But the big thing that I give to Homestead, Greg, and you alluded to this before, uh, they've upped their schedule. They're getting outside of the base of the sack, outside of Fort Wayne, and going down to Indianapolis to see what that game is all about. It's a different game. You know that. I know that. And I think what Homestead is doing is picking up valuable energy, energy for the state tournament that's going to come up here in a few weeks. Well, Bob, there's no doubt about that. And again, quickly looking at their schedule, it is a primarily Fort Wayne schedule the rest of the way. Um, You referenced the fact they picked up a game with Peru. So Peru is going to head their way this coming Saturday. They will then play at Hamilton Southeastern the following Saturday afternoon on February the 6th. After that, it is all league games. Uh, with six games left to go for Chris Johnson's team. And again, this isn't Biggie Swanigan, um, you know, where they have got an NBA caliber player, an all Big Ten caliber player, but they've got the two Division One kids, and Luke Goody that's going to play at Illinois, Fletcher Lawyer that is a junior, that is the move-in from Michigan, uh, that has verbal to play at Purdue. You referenced the Simmons kid who was outstanding from three-point range. Um, against Lawrence North on uh, on Saturday, so it's it's more than just the two guys. Mm-hmm. They've got good size, not great size, and and the way that that I phrase it is that I think there is a cutoff after the top four and four A. Bob, I think again, and clearly Homestead's number one. Let's say LN's number two, Cathedral's mm-hmm. number three, Carmel is number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Homestead already has two victories uh, against two of that other top four. I get to see kind of the next matchup of teams like that getting together um, when LN plays host to Carmel a week from this coming Thursday. And I realize that this is a podcast and, and, and not a show, so you can't see me putting my fingers as close together as I am right now <laughs> and saying, and there's that much that separates Homestead, Carmel, LN, and Cathedral. But I do think those are clearly the top four teams, at least in 4A. And I think any given time those teams can come together, Bob, anything could happen. 
I agree with you 100. percent You know, I'm sitting here also just jump ahead just a little, uh, looking at South Bend Adams undefeated. But then again, sure. I look. Adams really hasn't played the early schedule. Uh, they're going to get into Lalamere here in a couple weeks, and and they're stepping their schedule up. But I have to agree with you 100. percent This uh, top four is outstanding, and and you know, does does Lafayette Jeff throw the spark in there uh, coming up? We don't know, but it's going to be a lot of fun, isn't it? It is. And by the way, tip of the cap to South Bend Adams. They're going to go play Warren Central this coming Saturday. Bob, it's like people are listening to this podcast um, when we say, hey, from outside of Indianapolis, go play the Indianapolis teams. And Warren Central, frankly, has been a disappointment so far this year, although they've reached the Marion County final. And obviously their year can change because they're going to make the postseason like everybody else. Right. But Warren is as talented as any team that I have seen. Uh, there are likely three, maybe four Division One level players that are on that team um, that just, just have it clicked. They've got three new faces from a year ago, and they're still trying to figure it out. But we will learn a lot more about South Bend Adams um, by, by what they're doing it's Warren Central. And again, South Bend Adams, to some degree, has the benefit of geography. Um, you know, there's, you know, again, I think Gary West is pretty good out, out of that four-sectional group in the northwest corner of the state. But clearly, South Bend Adams, both from a record standpoint and from a ranking standpoint, is the best team of that group. They wouldn't see a Homestead or a Carmel until the semi-state. They would not see a Lawrence North or a Cathedral until the state finals. Again, South Bend Adams, good a year ago, really good this year. We'll learn a lot more about them when they take on uh, Warren Central. One thing I wanted to point out, and that is that this isn't, say, to the degree of football. We're in the largest classification. You just assume an Indianapolis school or an Indianapolis area school is going to win it. And for the purposes of this conversation, <laughs> I'm going to lump Carmel as an Indianapolis school since their district butts up against Marion County and they play a predominantly Marion County schedule, six Marion County teams that are part of the MEC. So let's call them an Indy area team. Um, and while more Indy area teams have won than not recently, you don't have to go all that far back to count the non-teams that play a Marion County-ish schedule to be able to win state championships. New Albany in 2016, Homestead in 2015, Bloomington North in 2011 and 2009. So, Bob, it happens, which is, again, just part of the reason why I'm telling you, I can't sit here and say Homestead to Finland is going to win the state championship. It's just not that year in 4A where there's not that that much separation between the top teams. But is Homestead as capable as anybody else of winning a state championship this year? Baz, they absolutely are. I, I, there's no argument here. Uh, you sit here and look at who they're playing, and, and you made a valid point. Getting outside of the sack has really helped that program. Coach Johnson understands what it takes to go to that next level, and that's what they've done. And also with your top four, I don't think there's any question – those are legitly the top four in 10th LO regional. All right. So now if you, if you expanded outside of the barriers of 4A, mm -hmm. there's another handful of teams that you would say, you know, Hey, they're amongst the best teams in the state. Um, but that's kind of mythical at this point. We're just talking about playing, uh, you know, for, for, for state championships. 
And so in 3A, there was a really big result this week. And that was that Silver Creek was beaten for the first time at full strength this year. Uh, Purdue-bound Trey Kaufman, who is clearly one of the the, the top Mr. Basketball candidates, he was out uh, the first two times that Silver Creek lost. He had an ankle injury, really didn't start playing until the middle of December. So he missed their losses against North Harrison on December the 11th. Uh, December the 12th, when they took Blackhawk Christian to overtime for a second year in a row. And this time, Blackhawk Christian got the victory without Kaufman. Silver Creek has not really been challenged since that time. New Albany got them on on, uh, on Friday night. And it's a New Albany team that has some impressive wins. They've also got some youth. So the very next night, they get beat by rights uh, in a team they could probably see in a regional uh, in the southern quarter of the state. So Silver Creek loses again. They weren't the number one team from a ranking standpoint. In my mind, they were the number one team. And in my mind, they're probably still the number one team. Also of note, the team that was rated number one in Heritage Hills got beat by 1A number one Bar-Reeve by 23 points, which shows you how good Bar-Reeve is this year. <laughs> Um, but the team will be number one in the 3A rankings, Bob, is going to be Hammond, yeah. a team that has not lost since their opening game of the season. That was a one-point loss to Lawrence North, again, in the event at, uh, at, at Brownsburg back on December the 5th. Um, and, and again, part of the story for Hammond is, is that this is the last year for Hammond High School by its lonesome. Again, what is largely Hammond, Clark, and Gavin are all going to merge to form Hammond Central next year. Hammond will go from four high schools to two, as Hammond Morton will largely remain as is for next year. Just your thoughts of, of kind of that storyline for this Hammond program, knowing they're a really good basketball team. Uh, deja vu, Elkhart. Sure. Uh, I think when you sit here and look at this, uh, there's a lot of pride here for Hammond and all the Hammond schools uh, to say we got to go out and play our best basketball because next year we're not going to be representing our school. I think it's really neat, to be honest with you, that Hammond is uh, bringing right, – let's put this one here. Notoriety has come back to the region regarding athletics, and, and that, that is just outstanding uh, to see this come back. And because it's been voided for so long to me in the Hammond area, but they're nine, uh, 11 and one. Uh, they did struggle against Munster, but other than that, uh, these kids are really playing well. By the way, in 3A again, uh, when the polls come out, I'm not sure where Silver Creek will be ranked, but if you ask me, just say, I put Hammond and Silver Creek one, two. And again, they're, they're in the, they're uh, clearly given the fact that they're what, 250 miles apart on I-65. Um, they, they, they are they are in opposite halves of the bracket. Um, and after watching those two teams play in back-to-back weekends in December on the ISC Sports Network, uh, they are the teams that, you know, I have felt uh, you never know what's going to happen, especially in, in the COVID era, especially in 2021. But if you ask me who's, who's the 3A state championship matchup, Silver Creek and Hammond uh, are, are the teams that I am pointing to. Before we continue any further, if you're a student athlete and feel you've been overlooked by universities, Lawrence Intellectual University has a unique program for you to recruit yourself. Take a listen. 
If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, e-sports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit LTUathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. All right, once again, welcome back on the State Champs Indiana Hangtime Podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University. Alongside Bob Stambazzi, I'm Greg Rakestraw. One other kind of news tidbit, Bob, that I wanted to get to from last week. Uh, this broke right after we recorded last week's issue of the podcast. And again, it's, it's we could have seen this coming. It's not overly surprising. The IHSAA has to push back the state finals by a week uh, to be able to use Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Because of 55 of the 67 NCAA tournament games taking place inside of four venues, inside of 465, Bankers Life is going to be in use. It is going to be in use for for Sweet 16 games and for Elite Eight games. And so what was scheduled to be the date of the state finals on March 27th, instead of playing in another venue that day, um, they're going to have to go back a week to be able to stay at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Um, there were some that thought, hey, maybe this is a chance to move the entire tournament back a week. Or there are some that said, hey, just simply play it at a, at a different venue. Uh, the IHSA elected to say, nope, we're not going to change the first three rounds of the tournament. We're going to push this back seven days, meaning there's a two-week gap between the semi-state and the state championship your thoughts about that? Well, if it's football, I, I'm not too upset with it because it gives me more time to heal. And basketball's an entirely different animal. You set out to uh, that extra week in, in practice. Uh, that's going to be very tough. And the reason I say that is because of the error we're the in is, Bob, right is now. That it's, I'm not sure there's a right answer here. Um, I, I, I could have lobbied to say, hey, this is a great chance to push everything back a week, and it gives teams – an extra, um, it gives teams an, an, an extra week try to you know schedule in some games. Uh, you know, if, if you're running behind, if you've been on a longer quarantine pause. But at the same time, if you push back just the state finals, you're only affecting eight teams. And obviously, you're getting into Easter weekend. Obviously, you are getting into. Um, you know, spring break as far as affecting travel plans, but you're, you are limiting the amount of, of, uh, of, of schools you're affecting if you're only moving back the state championship weekend. Uh, it, it will also set up, and again, it won't be the crowds we are used to seeing at either venue, but Bob, can you imagine what it's like to be playing in a state finals knowing that the NCAA Final Four is about five blocks away? Well, it's, it's going to be exciting. In the, in the, what I was concerned about a lot is in being in this COVID area, you take that extra week off, now that extra week of worry and wonder if you're going to be able to play that uh, tournament game because you've seen what happened this year. But having the NCAA just a couple blocks away and uh, <clears throat> the aura itself of, of the, I, of the uh, NCAA uh, tournament being uh, that close, it's just it's so exciting for these kids. But once again, my, my big concern being of this whole deal is how safe we can stay uh, an extra week because we're struggling to get weeks in now. Fair enough. All right. So with that, um, 
Let, let's talk about uh, – I have not got – we obviously led with a team from the Fort Wayne area and from not too far down the road uh, from you in Homestead. Hoops in your neck of the woods. How busy have you been keeping lately? Well, we've been keeping busy. I mean, it's every day of the week, as you well know. Uh, the Pru Tigers lost their first game over the weekend to the uh, Frankfurt Hot Doggers by 62-60, uh, to 60, and then they bounced right back and get a win uh, the next uh, night at, at Northwestern. But uh, a lot of us are looking forward to this coming game with Homestead. They'll get through a good match to see where they're at. Uh, and, and the boys in our area, uh, as I've told before, uh, were down just a little bit. The Blackwood boys uh, were not with the team uh, this weekend because uh, of COVID issues, injuries, and whatnot with Marion. So that was a big struggle for the Giants. But uh, right now in, in our area, another we're going to go jump on Blackhawk if I can just for a second. Please. Uh, they're 13-1, as you well know. Outstanding team first in, in Zane Burke. Uh, still leading the, the crew. But you know what? Their schedule uh, as a 2A team, legitly 1A team, is so fun to really take a peek at. And what they still got coming up, uh, it's unbelievable. You shake your head. I mean, the other day they do win uh, 91 to 63 and 107 to 26. That's not indicative of what they're trying to do. They're just trying to get bigger and better overall. So we're going to have, uh, when we get closer to the sectional, uh, it's going to be a lot of talk about how some of these teams are starting to stack up now up here because Leo is still undefeated. Uh, Adam Central uh, has got a better team, Central Noble 14-1. and one. Uh, But the team that a lot of people are wondering exactly what's going to happen with them, Greg, and, and you know where I'm going, Blackford. Blackford uh, lost to Winchester over the weekend, uh, struggled with Franklin. They got a big win at Alexandria. Uh, but uh, their shooter Brown is still uh, putting points on the board, setting records. So it's going to be interesting to see how Blackford starts to stack up come tournament time because they do not have a lot of size. As far as, as Blackhawk is concerned, I literally had their schedule pulled up as you referenced them. Uh-huh. You know, because just, just because – we talked about 1A number one, Bar Reeve. Clearly, we talked about 3 and 4A number one. Blackhawk is 2A number one. Um, and, and you know, Shenandoah will be a team they could see in the state finals. Obviously, took them to overtime in the championship game of the Hall of Fame Classic. Right. Uh, Lynn Stockton is a very good 2A basketball team. Certainly, Blackford merits conversation in 2A as well. The path, by the way, would be that Blackhawk would see Blackford. It, it, it would be in the uh, semi-state because they go to different regionals. Um, and so the other top teams in 2A, Blackhawk would not run into them until the next to last week of the tournament. And yes, Blackhawk is basically playing a semi-athletic conference schedule at this point. You referenced the game where they scored 107. That's against Lakewood Park Christian. Other than Bar Reeve, that's the only 1A school that Blackhawk plays on their schedule. They, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. They picked up Tinley. They're going to play Tinley in a couple of weeks. Yes, and sir. Tinley, former 1A champ, good team. Blackhawk should handle them with relative ease coming up in, in, in a couple of weeks. They, they barely play any 2A. And the majority of their schedule is 3A and 4A. So let me share with you an eight-day stretch that Blackhawk has coming up in February. They're going to play host to Cathedral on February the 12th. They're going to go play at Marion, and Marion has had some ups and downs this yes. year, but obviously you talk about Jalen Blackman uh, being one of the better players in the state. 
And then a game that I am really looking forward to. <laughs> Blackhawks going to go play downtown Indianapolis at Christmas Attics uh, on, on Saturday afternoon, February 20th at 2.30. Again, those are three consecutive games in the Blackhawks schedule. Again, to me, they are the unquestioned, they're the unquestioned number one team in 2A. They are one of the better teams in the state. Their lone loss is to 4A number one homestead. By a dozen on a night where Blackhawk would tell you they did not have a good night. They did not make a single three in that game. And Homestead's length and defense certainly had something to do with that. Um, it's, the, it's that Shenandoah game. I wouldn't say it even gives me cause for concern about Blackhawks. I know how good Blackhawk is. But what it does is tell me that, that for as good as Blackhawk is, these other best teams in two-way do have a shot against one of the better teams in the state in Blackhawk Christian. Interesting thought. I, I just yeah. find I, I find that very Shenandoah uh, and Lynn Stockton is very good. At, as, as I've heard you talk about a lot, Shenandoah would be the team that I think uh, rematch with Blackhawk would be a, an unbelievable basketball game. To be quite honest with you. Yeah, and Bob, I'll be honest with you. Before that game against Shenandoah, I'm like Blackhawks twenty points better than any of these other good teams. Uh, that like like in most years. Shenandoah, Linton, Stockton, Blackford, you go, yep, they have a very good chance of winning the 2A championship. Well, they've got a team that's a 4A talent team in, in 2A this year in Blackhawk. Mm -hmm. And then when Shenandoah took Blackhawk to overtime, and I said, okay, all right. You know, for I know how good Blackhawk is, but I think these other teams on a given night certainly have that opportunity as well. Uh, from my standpoint, from a high school basketball perspective, um, I get to see just one boys game this week. Uh, that will be uh, Jeffersonville taking a step up in competition and playing Lawrence North, uh, that game on, on Saturday evening. I've got a busy week from a college basketball standpoint, got a busy week from a girls basketball standpoint, and again, knowing the girls' state tournament is just a week away. Anything else for the good of the cause this week, my friend? I just hope everybody stays safe, and if you can go to a game, go to a game. If you can't, you'll watch it on the IC Network. Uh, well, look at you doing the plug for me. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, of course, you can catch Bob Stambazzi on 105.9 The Bash, 101.9 in the greater Wabash area games all throughout North Central Indiana on your radio. Uh, big game that we'll have on ISC from a boys basketball standpoint this week will be Warren Central and North Central. Two teams are in the neighborhood of 500, but frankly, on any given night can hang with anybody in the state as evidenced by North Central being beaten by LN by four when they got together on Friday night. And Warren Central and North Central, Friday night approximately 7.30, part of a girls basketball and boys basketball doubleheader on uh, on uh, uh, My Indy TV and the ISC Sports Network. For Bob Stambazzi and Greg Match behind the scenes, this is Greg Rakestraw. We'll do it again next week. Thanks for joining us on the State Champs Indiana Hangtime Podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University.